0: This is Katie.
1: And this is Derek. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the break, break room. room. We're back in the break room. Y'all know who's in the building. Katie K. This is Katie Kinder. If I was a DJ, that would be. That my was entry. good. I really liked it. I, I was
0: appreciate good. it.
1: <laughs> Listen, this is something that I hear you say all the time, and you have a heart for. I think if I could pull the cavity of your chest open, it would bleed, and out would come the words, baby Baby teachers. teachers. What is with you (laughs) and these baby teachers?
0: Because I love them. So I really, that is my passion, and that is exactly what my heart would bleed out because I, you know, Almost 60% now in the first five years we're losing them.
1: 60%? Yeah. Is that an Oklahoma statistic or is that national? That's
0: nationwide post-pandemic. Wow. Because pre-pandemic it was 44, Mm -hmm. which is a lot. Yeah. And now it's 60%. A lot of
1: stuff changed after the pandemic.
0: A lot of stuff. I mean, teaching changed after the pandemic. Like, we got a lot of things they're dealing with post-pandemic. Yeah. But the baby teachers, I want them to stay. We need them. Our kids need them. Our kids deserve them to stay. And... Really, when I started, I was just kind of thrown in sink or swim. Mm-hmm. And I did have a mentor teacher who was wonderful. But I want to be there for them. I want to hold them while they cry and tell them it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I love the baby teachers, the new teachers, first five years.
1: So when you think about uh, your first five years in teaching, what got you to year six?
0: Well, I think after year one, I think after – Four weeks in, I was like, I quit. <laughs> uh, I just didn't know what I didn't know. Like, I I am alternatively certified. Okay. And a lot of our teachers are coming to us, alternatively certified or emergency certification teachers, mm-hmm. that they didn't go through a program. And even the ones that go through, like, the pedagogy and college, mm-hmm. they walk in and they're like, but a kid threw a desk at me, and I do not know how to deal with that. Right. And so I just sat there, and I— Taught the way that I had been taught, which was in straight rows and read out of the book and right. answer the questions, which is, that's not innovative. That's mm-hmm. boring. And and when your lessons are not relevant, that's when you start to see that class clown or you mm-hmm. start to see the issues. Mm-hmm. And so I'm big into creating relevant content for kids because they deserve that. And so... I think the other teachers around me got me through. Yeah. My mama is a rock star teacher, so mm-hmm. she helped get me through. But I did a lot of like research on my own. Like I would go find the teacher of the year or somebody I heard was amazing. I would sit and like be a study of them. Yeah. And then I'd be on YouTube trying to find different things. I found Ron Clark and Dave Burgess and so I I was hungry for it.
1: Now you can't can you teach that? Like, that hunger, that ambition, that self-drive? Or do they have to want to be there?
0: I mean, they do definitely have to want to be there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. It is—you uh, can teach it. I think you can teach you can. it. Because you get overwhelmed and you—there's all these meetings and data and PLC and RTI and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We are always with the acronyms yeah. in education. And you can really easily burn out. Mm-hmm. And I always say like to baby teachers that you need to pick three hills to die on. And those three hills need to be doing what is relentlessly best for kids. And so what does that mean? That's not dying on grades or data or, I mean, I think it's being nice to each other, engaging and relevant lesson plans. And then number one is safety. Like Mm. if your kids aren't safe. They're not going to learn. Yeah. So those are the only three I'm going to die on.
1: Yeah. Talk to us a little bit more about safety. If if I'm a baby teacher and um, I come in, in regards to my training or my certification, I understand grades and testing and all those different things. But we know there are a few things that precede testing and grades. It actually makes testing and grades and teaching a lot easier. And I believe safety is one of those things. Yes. Talk to us about the levels or the kinds of safety.
0: Well, I mean, first and foremost, they have to be – Safe, like inside your classroom from another child or from like physically physical sad. safety, yeah. then they have to be feel emotionally mm. safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that so I really kind of create a family classroom, yeah, in which everybody belongs, everybody is safe, and that takes a lot of work, yeah, that no cap. Mm-hmm. To say what the kids That was nice. That was, I just it's wanted to. It's in your to, book. Just want, yeah, I just wanted to sneak that in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I start with procedure stuff. Mm-hmm. Like even your 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old kids, they need procedures. Yeah. How do you sharpen a pencil? Mm-hmm. How do you... You know, what do you do when this happens? What do you? So I spend a lot of time teaching, reteaching procedures yeah. that were safe. And I'm very direct with them. I have to make sure you're safe and everybody in the learning environment is safe. Yeah. And it's just like a something I say. And then I start saying, you know, I love you too much for you to do that.
1: Mm. And
0: by October, they're like, if I have them step outside of my classroom mm-hmm. because they have broken a procedure about three times,
1: yeah.
0: I will step out there and they will say we know, you love us too much for this. Yeah. I'm like, that's right. Yeah. And then they come back
1: in. And I think safety is important. Yeah. When you're talking about levels of safety being physical, emotional, mental, academic safety, mm-hmm. being able to make a mistake and learn and be wrong and then be corrected. Right. All that stuff comes with um, relationship and trust and yes. all that cool stuff. Yeah. So when you think about um, going back to the way uh, teachers are, taught these things I said and this could be my mistake teachers we're in a break room come on give me give me some grace I talked about <laughs> can you teach that I said that to teachers in yeah. the academic setting and you're yeah. like I think you can And I was like well that's not what I meant I meant like is it innate yes that's what I meant
0: yes and no okay I mean I think we all have to find our own creativity and what works like mm. I'm never going to walk into the classroom and look at Look and act and be Derek. Yeah, and you're never going to walk into a classroom and be Katie. Like, Ever. so I think it's like t- using what works for you, right? And creating your own creativity around what a family classroom looks like for you.
1: Ooh, that's good. And the reason that's good, and I want to expound on this a little bit more, is because you said early on. You had a rock star mom that was a teacher. You had veteran teachers that gave you advice. And I think, as a as a young teacher, being new to the profession, it's very it would be very easy and tempting to model after someone else, sure, and not even spending the time to discover what my approach or what fits fits naturally to me. So my question to you is: How can I discover? How can I unearth? How can I excavate? I like it. What makes me me, and then creating a classroom environment that is unique and comfortable to me because I feel like as a teacher I also have to feel safe sure in order to make others feel safe 100%
0: Uh, and we also kind of we play a part we have to put on our teacher armor no Mm. matter what's happening no matter you know if we've got a kid homesick and your husband had to stay home or your wife and you have to walk in with a certain amount of teacher armor yeah Uh, and that's just part of the job but I think it's trying and failing and trying again and failing again and and try I well Breaks my heart is when I see a teacher, twenty year veteran who's just given up. Yeah, and they sit at their desk, and the kids are not safe. Yeah, and they don't care, and that is heartbreaking to me. Right. I want to be like, hey, go go work at Starbucks because
1: mm-hmm. be a greeter at Walmart. Be a greeter at Walmart, <laughs> Walmart
0: because they'd probably make more money. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I promise. Tear but tears. True. Uh, but you know. It's our job is too important. It is too life-changing. And I think as a teacher, you have to buy into that. You have to know that the kids need you and they need you every day.
1: Yeah. So, Katie, you're dropping gems. You're dropping Derek, bars. Derek, thank you. And every time dropping I... Bars. You are. Every time I, I want to go forward, I have to go back. Because you said teacher armor. Yeah. Right? And we've been talking about being vulnerable, but right. now we're talking about armor. So how, what, what part does vulnerability and armor play in creating a safe environment.
0: Sure. I mean, it's almost like parenting, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm not going to sit down with my 10 year old son and tell him things that he's not developmentally mature enough to handle. Right. Right. So it's kind of like that in your classroom as well. Like you are the person in charge. You're the one that has the safety. I mean, that's why we carry so much on our backs as educators, but yeah, you you let them in a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You are vulnerable, mm-hmm. but you also can't let a 12-year-old hurt your feelings.
1: Ooh-wee. You can't do it. You can't. Or if you do it, you can't show it. True. Yeah. True. I can yeah. I can bleed <laughs> underneath my armor.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I just have to, like, you know, if somebody's a... I don't garner self-worth from a 12-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. So if somebody's like, I hate this class, I hate you, ugh. You know? <laughs> I feel like, oh my gosh, I've been really looking for a twelve-year-old to tell me about my life. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and I just, and that comes, I think, with time and experience. And uh, but I tell my baby teachers, like you, you can't just try to come in and be their buddy or their friend. Yeah. Like you are the authority. Yeah. So.
1: But I, and I was gonna say that just as a as first two years, three years, you said four weeks. I'm coming in with all of this ambition. Yeah. And I'm going to change the world. And I'm going to tell the kid to do something. They're going to do it. No pushback. <laughs> and I'm going to partner with parents. And I'm going to love you. And you're going to love me. And we're both going to love your kid. And then week one happens. And it's like, oh. And and I think the whole point of like the break room and bringing it, opening the door, pulling up a chair for, the, for our new teachers is like, yo, I know you got the rose colored glasses on, but it's about to get real. And I don't want you to go away. So I want you to feel safe and create mm-hmm. this environment. I want your students to feel safe. I want you to be vulnerable but also protective. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I don't know that a lot of people are getting or talking about early on.
0: Sure. That is true. So as an instructional coach, I was mm-hmm. an instructional coach for the last few years. Tell us uh, what that is, real quick. Um so that is teaching teachers. Okay. And what I learned as an instructional coach, and I see Is that the teachers weren't going to buy in unless they knew that I could teach. Mm. So I left my school that I was in for a decade and went to a new school to be the instructional coach. And, you know, they, I begged for a model classroom Mm -hmm. and they said yes. So I got two model classrooms and it was awesome Mm. because the teachers could come in and watch me. And then I could go with them the rest of the day and teach their classes for them. Mm. And so they could see me in front of my students and then they could see me in front of their students. And I think that's how you learn. Yeah. So I think you have to be really honest. I think teachers, especially new teachers feel like they're alone on their Island. Yeah. And you know, schools are like small towns. So, Oh, you know, you think the new girl's going to last or, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And you can feel that depending on your building and so I think that teachers go inward yeah. instead of being like I need help. And I think that's something that needs to change. It's not like that in every building. Right. Uh, but I definitely saw that when I was an instructional coach that they didn't want to ask for help because they didn't they didn't they didn't know who to trust.
1: Okay. Yeah, we get audacity in the break room today. We really are. Are you telling me teachers talk about other teachers? Is that a thing, Katie? Oh, oh no. Is Some, that a thing? Sometimes
0: our teachers revert back into being 14 if they <laughs> if they're teaching
1: 14-year-olds. They've been around them so much, they just absorb the personalities. Uh-huh. Uh-uh, girl. I yeah. will no. <laughs> so, I mean, you dropped another bar that I got to go back to. You talked about essentially self-awareness, right? Like Asking for help, like knowing where you're deficient and where your shortcomings are and where your inadequacies are as a teacher. How much time do teachers get a chance to reflect on their experience?
0: Not a lot. I think they work so hard Mm -hmm. and then they leave exhausted and they try again the next day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the reflection, especially if you're a mom or you're a dad, you're in the car. You have your time for reflection. Yeah. Is in the car on the way home thinking about your kids who want to eat dinner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's it's hard. I think you can if you pick the right professional development. Yeah. If you pick the right people to really like, like I'm big on social media. And as far as a teacher, like you can make connections all over the world. Yeah. You can slide into my DMs right now mm-hmm. and say, Katie, I've seen your content and I'm a baby teacher and I need help. Yeah. I will drop everything for that baby teacher. Yeah. Uh, So it doesn't necessarily have to be inside of your school. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's hard.
1: That's good. That's good. Like when you uh, are trying to find uh, people to lean on and to pull from that um, identifying people can be difficult. Asking for help can be difficult. Identifying areas where you're not the greatest can be difficult. Trying not to derive your self worth from a 12 year old can be difficult, (laughs) right? right? And as you're juggling all these things as a baby teacher, as a new teacher, Mm. and you go home and you got to be mom, you got to be dad, you got to be spouse. Don't be involved at church or any social group or try to have friends or throw a load of laundry in the car or cook dinner or like all those things on top of trying to be a good professional. Mm. I think it can be difficult. So when we think about our new teachers and they need resources, mm-hmm. they need, cause I know, I know you, when you do, uh, when you travel and you do your workshops and you do your open enrollments and you do your keynotes, I know a lot of energy that you pour. Uh, people only get that when they come there. Right. there. There are so many people, I'm sure you've had people come and they say, this is great. I feel refreshed. And sure. then they go back to their environments and maybe they don't have that available as a new teacher. How do I reach out and connect and how do I identify what I need? Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. See all of the above. Uh, it depends on your school building. Okay. Do you have an instructional coach?
1: So one, do you have an instructional coach? <clears throat> do okay. you have
0: an instructional coach? Sorry, I had to I had to move around. <laughs> Gotta get comfortable. Yeah. Uh, do you have an instructional coach? Do you have a mentor teacher?
1: Number two, do you have a mentor teacher? Mentor
0: teacher. Uh, do Can you approach those two people? Do you have principals who support you? Principals. Do you have resources in social media that you can go to? I mean, there's like a whole Facebook group about just middle school English. Wow. That I've gotten a ton of stuff from. Yeah. And so I think it's just like going outside of yourself and making sure. I think schools have a, they have a heart for that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it gets lost. Yeah. Uh, so... Always to my baby teachers, I say, you could be in a building that's not serving you. Yeah. And guess what? You can go somewhere else and they will roll out that red carpet. Mm-hmm. And you should.
1: Yeah. Instructional coaches, uh, mentors, principals, uh, you said social media, like little focus groups. You even mentioned YouTube. You said books. Mm. Um, all these really cool things. I think that sometimes uh, our, our teachers, they burn out because they feel like they don't have support or don't have help. And even if going out and researching these things are not innate, they are there. They are available. There are so many opportunities for you to not be alone, to be in relationship, to connect with other people that have not only been where you are, but they've come through and they've stayed. Yes. So if I am a uh, baby teacher and let's just say I submitted uh, an anonymous question um, to you and this anonymous question said, hey, Katie, I'm in my first year as an emergency cert. What's an emergency cert?
0: That is somebody who has a college degree. Yep. They've never been through any training. Okay. They haven't gone through the State Department and gotten their alt cert. Mm -hmm. That's the test you have to take. Right. And you can get an emergency certification. To teach for, I believe it's three years, mm-hmm. to teach and get your tests and pass and get your license.
1: So I can, I can be emergency certified to get in, but during that three years, I have to do all those things. Yes. Okay, I'm, I am a new teacher. My first year, emergency cert. This is my second career. This is my second career. I was a bank teller for years, and I thought I could come teach, so I had the same schedule as my kids. But I'm struggling to keep up with everything, and I'm too embarrassed to ask for help. Katie, help me.
0: Yes. Oh, I've had a lot of baby teachers that happen to be in their forties and fifties because mm-hmm. it is their second career. And I once had a guy who was probably six, four and mm. maybe 300 and something pounds. Yeah. And he would come to my new teacher meetings and I'd be like, my baby teachers. And he's like, please don't call me that. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh no, I'm gonna. Wait, what did he say? He said, like, please don't call <laughs> me that. <laughs> I'm like, you want to hug it out? Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I see that a lot. Like, I'm a bank teller. I think I can come and teach middle school math. And guess what? (laughs) It's (laughs) it's not that easy. Right. And if you are just doing it because you want your kids' schedule, Mm. mm, I don't know if that's the right reason. Yeah. But if you love the kids and you just need help managing your class, like, I will come. I will come there and I will help. Uh, I think, again, procedures in place – Really walk the school, get a feel for the building. Is it the right place for you? Is it not? Uh, All of that can be factors in your decision for the next year.
1: Yeah, I think that's good. What I heard is you need to do it for more than having the same schedule as your kids. Yep. Yep. And you got to figure out what that reason is and then fortify that reason. If it means walk around the building, get a sense for culture, meeting people, and again, Katie just gave us six ways to connect and reinforce and fortify and make it not only to next week, but the next month, in the next semester, in the next year, in the yes. in the next. Find your tribe. Like, you got to have folks that are instructional, that are mentors. You got to have a principal that supports, she said. In our previous episode, if it comes from the head down, it's a lot easier to implement. Yep. You got social media focus groups. You got YouTube. You got books. You have all these things. And I think for the people who don't take advantage of all those resources, those are the ones that fade.
0: Sure. Well, and I think it's finding time to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you look at your plan time, you get one plan time, and maybe it gets taken from you a couple times a week because we don't have subs. Right, And so when you do get this precious plan time, you want to plan and you want to grade. Right. Well, I think that you should go and watch a rock star.
1: Mm. Maybe
0: even 10 minutes. 10 minutes at the beginning of class or 10 minutes in how they, you know, close out their class. Right. That's what you should do. Yeah. And then you can go back and grade. And are you going to take things home? Of course. Yeah. But that's the nature.
1: That's good. All right, baby teachers, I'm sorry. Break time is over. The bell just rang. We can't stay in the break room forever, but you got Katie K here. Feel free to reach out, ask her more questions. If we didn't answer it here, you can answer it there. She says, slide into my DMs. Hey, boo. Thanks so much for <laughs> hanging out with us. In the break room. I missed it. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. In the break room. room.